This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. On Tuesday, the Biden administration named FERC Commissioner Willie Phillips as the interim chair of the commission, a decision that isn't without controversy. Environmental justice groups and renewable industry interests have long lobbied for the more progressive Allison Clements, another FERC commissioner, to be named chair. Phillips, the more moderate choice, has been viewed by some environmental groups as more accommodating to utilities and gas companies. Today, we talk with Kat Morehouse about what the interim chair selection of Phillips could mean for Biden's clean energy goals and how Phillips could handle FERC's upcoming agenda. It's Friday, January 6th. Kat, what is the pick of the more moderate Willie Phillips for acting FERC chair over the more progressive and longer tenured Allison Clements signal about the Biden administration's priorities for the commission? Yeah, I think that acting is definitely the operative word here. There are a lot of potential things that this could mean for FERC, but certainly one thing it could mean for the commission that some analysts have pointed out is that this commissioner, now chairman, Willie Phillips, might be essentially a placeholder until the White House can name someone who maybe they have in mind. Of course, the commission could also keep Willie Phillips on as chair, but I do think that one reason to potentially put Chairman Phillips on uh, as interim chair is that he has been seen, as you said, as kind of the more moderate pick. So in a split commission could be seen as someone who maybe will kind of maintain a balance a little bit more and be less aggressive on some policies as the Biden administration kind of takes a pause and thinks about how it wants this commission to look in the next few months. Interesting. In the lead up to this decision by the White House, you reported on an aggressive behind the scenes lobbying campaign that was occurring on behalf of both candidates. So can you tell us about some of the interest groups that were involved with that? And, you know, why was this choice so consequential at this very moment for FERC? Yeah, so I'll start with Commissioner Allison Clements. There were a lot of environmental groups that backed her. And many of those groups were specifically focused on her record on environmental justice. And they felt like she had been more engaged with those communities and with those groups on really thinking about how can the commission move forward and address these issues. They felt that then Commissioner Phillips had been slightly less engaged, though they were certainly open to talking with him. But it's important to note that a lot of these groups had opposed Commissioner Phillips's appointment in the first place because they basically felt that his record at the D.C. Public Service Commission wasn't in line with what they wanted to see, again, in terms of environmental justice. And then the groups that backed then-Commissioner Willie Phillips publicly were the Black Economic Alliance. Willie Phillips will be the first Black person to serve as chair, and also the Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies. And they, you know, cited his time working as a reliability official at NERC, as well as his time as chair of the D.C. Public Service Commission. And then we know that behind the scenes, industry was kind of hesitantly putting their weight behind Phillips as well. And I think a lot of that had to do with just feeling again that he was the more moderate choice and might be less aggressive on things like the pipeline policy, which he expressed reservations on really early on, and that Commissioner Clements was a little bit more interested in pushing forward. Yeah, to to get into that and other policy initiatives quickly. I mean, what do we know about how Phillips would maybe handle some of the higher stakes agenda items on the docket and if they would even move to finalize some of those while he is, you know, in this interim position. So, you know, be it the 
pipeline issue. And then also I know there's a couple of items on advancing the build out of transmission. I'll start with the pipeline issue. And on that issue in particular, that was a really controversial vote. And I believe it was one of the first votes, if not the first vote of his tenure back last year. And not long after that vote, I actually spoke with him. And he at that time was very, I think, surprised by the level of backlash that policy got. And I I could tell that he was very just wanted to find much more of a compromise. And that was something, you know, Chairman Glick indicated as well. But certainly then Commissioner Phillips was also very hesitant to have kind of that much backlash on such a policy. If we see a gas policy come out of this formation of commissioners, then I do think it will be something a little bit more moderate, perhaps getting Commissioner Mark Christie on board, who's indicated some places where he might come to a middle ground. On transmission, I think the biggest challenge with transmission is really manpower. The three dockets they have open are just so extensive and there are so many comments filed and so many different perspectives. I do think that one will be something that is maybe resolved later in the year when the commission is a little bit more fleshed out and filled. I could see Commissioner Phillips maybe putting some things forward on reliability, which has been a really big priority for him. And he has previous NERC experience, like I mentioned, which makes him well suited to push forward with something like that. And obviously we've seen a lot of reliability issues on the power grid lately, you know, related to Winter Storm Elliott. Gotcha. And then going forward, what are you looking out for as the White House potentially looks to name a permanent chair and then along with filling out the commission to its full capacity? It's going to be a really interesting few months. So Commissioner James Danley, his term technically ends in June. And what the White House could do is either re-nominate him to serve another term or they could put forward a new commissioner or potentially a new chairman who they prefer, and then put forward a Republican pairing. They could also put forward someone to fill in the now empty spot of former chairman Richard Glick earlier in the year, though a lot of people think maybe they'll wait for the pairing. But basically, by the end of next year, the commission is likely to look a little bit different than it does now. And as we know, those dynamics are really critical for the way these policies and these rules are formulated. Also, on Wednesday, the Biden administration released the Unified Agenda, which previews federal regulatory work to come throughout the year. It includes key regulations in the works at the EPA, the Energy and Interior Departments, and FERC. The updated agenda shows that several highly anticipated regulations have been delayed, such as new carbon emission limits for existing power plants and drinking water limits for PFAS. This delay increases the likelihood that potentially controversial rules will be finalized during the 2024 election cycle. For the new carbon rule for existing power plants, the regulation is now scheduled for April this year, surpassing the previous March target. The agenda projects finalizing this rule in June 2024, which cuts dangerously close to the next presidential election and a potential Republican president undoing the rule. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Kara Tabor was this week's podcast producer. Raghu Manuvalan edited the show this week. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back next week.
This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.